0: Hey guys, this is Cody Turner. I've officially embarked on my first podcasting tour. I'm currently on the road in Williamsburg, Virginia, at my alma mater, and I'll hopefully be churning out a decent amount of podcasts over the next week or so. In this episode of the podcast, I speak with my friend Benjamin Bowery. Benjamin is a senior at the College of William & Mary, and he's in fact graduating this weekend. And he's a member of my fraternity, Delta Phi. That's where we met but Benjamin and I really became friends through our mutual interest in the show RuPaul's Drag Race. Benjamin introduced me to drag culture. And when I say drag culture, I'm referring to the art of being a drag queen, not sports car drag racing. If you do not know what a drag queen is, well, you're about to find out. Benjamin and I discuss anything and everything drag. We talk about what it means to be a drag queen, the history of drag, and the future of the art form. We discuss RuPaul who is a prominent figure within drag culture and touch upon a recent controversy Rue was immersed in regarding the inclusion of trans men in drag. And we also talk about some of our favorite all-time queens and distinguish between different types of queens. As I say in the podcast, I truly am into the art form of drag. A lot of my friends are surprised by this when I tell them, and I'm perpetually surprised at the fact that they are surprised. I hope you'll agree with me by the end of the episode That drag really is a unique, empowering art form on the rise. And it's one that allows for boundless creativity and aesthetic expression. So, without further preamble, I present to you, Benjamin Bowery.
1: Welcome to Tent Talks, a series of intimate conversations with academics, artists, and other fascinating figures with your host, Cody Turner. Storm coming, Mr. White.
0: We're live. I'm here with my friend Benjamin Bowery from William and Mary. Benjamin, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, I've been meaning to do this podcast with you for quite some time. We're going to be talking about drag racing and drag culture and everything drag. Mm -hmm. So, just for the listeners, our friendship really derives from our shared interest in drag culture. You put me on to RuPaul's drag race. And Drag has really served as kind of the cornerstone of our friendship, and we've both gotten involved in it. And before I ask you what you like about drag as an art form and what attracts you about it, I'll just say a couple things that attract me about drag. So first, the first part of drag that I liked was it's a lot like the UFC. And just as the UFC incorporates a bunch of different fighting styles and drag incorporates many different art forms, right? It has dress designing, singing, dancing, acting, makeup. There's a comedy element. So it's an extremely multifaceted medium, right? That's one of the things that attracted me about it the most because it's very boundless in that sense. And that's what I like when it comes to art. I like there there to be no rules. But it's not just an artistic medium. Drag is also a means of identity expression and liberation for LGBTQ people, right? It serves as kind of a safe space. And I mean that in a good sense for a group of people to artistically express their true selves in a way that they are not able to in ordinary society because of certain stigmas, oppression, etc., right? And I mean that's just what art is in general. It's really just the the a medium that allows you to express your true self. So, it's really those two things that attracted me about drag, I think. And I was reflecting upon this as before before this conversation in preparation for it, but the fact that it's so multifaceted and that it incorporates so many different art forms and also the fact that it's more than just an art form but a means of kind of political liberation. So that being said, when did you get into drag culture and what about it really drew you in?
1: I think I kind of knew about it when I was younger because I remember seeing guys who are older than me on Facebook in like middle school and high school who... Um, did drag back home. Um, but I didn't really get into it until college, I guess. Where it, was home again? North Carolina? Uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia, right. Yeah. And um, I, I think probably like most guys my age, or most, I don't know, people anymore because it's so it becomes so mainstream, I really learned a lot about drag from RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Um, that was my main entry into it, and then... Uh, yeah, I guess it's involved evolved into my interest in it now, which is um, more comprehensive, I suppose. Is RuPaul's Drag Race really what made it
0: mainstream? Because it seems like it has become a part of mainstream culture now.
1: I would say th- there were drag queens who were more uh, main- mainstream uh, before RuPaul's Drag Race, including RuPaul herself, Lady Bunny, um, Divine... Uh, there's some uh, international drag queens who uh, were more mainstream in their respective countries. But I think Drag Race specifically has made it um, so mainstream now. I mean, it's on VH1 now, like a major cable network, which seems just kind of absurd. Um, Thinking about where the show was. God, I guess this is season 10. No, season... Yeah, season 10.
0: Yeah, so I want to get to the show, and I uh, want to talk about RuPaul and the influence that she's had, as I was telling you, and also the recent controversy that's surrounded her. But before we get there, let's just start at the basics. So what is drag racing? A lot of people who might be listening to this might think we're talking about like race cars or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so what is? how would you define drag racing as an art form?
1: Well, um, drag racing is more from the title of RuPaul's Drag Race, but drag itself is... Um It can be a lot of different things, I guess, like you were saying earlier. Uh, Like, um, some people might focus more on comedy, some people focus more on looks, but it all comes down to, usually, the subversion of um, the way of a... I think of a good way to say this. Because it's it's more than just cross-dressing, it's more than just a man dressing up as a woman, but I guess in its most basic sense, that's what drag is um mm-hmm. but it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's one type of woman that one looks like when they do drag right. it can be um much more gender fuckery or um or it could be um yeah it can be a lot of different things
0: yeah so well, I guess maybe maybe delineate between the different kinds of queens that there are, right? Like the, this concept of a fish is something that you've talked about. So what are some of the main kind of
1: stereotypical types of drag queens that there are? Would you say if you could just create a list? Um, the show's kind of broken it down, I guess, into more stricter categories than might exist in like the real world. But there's queens who are a little fishier, which means they look a little bit more feminine. Um, there are comedy queens... In itself, a lot of drag does include comedy, but, um, there are queens who'd focus more on stand up or doing, um, comedic performances. Um, I like such acting, um, yeah. On the show, that's kind of the two big categories that it breaks it up into like fishy queens, comedy queens, but in between that, there's a whole spectrum of queens who focus more on their outfits or queens who focus more on their makeup or, um. Queens are focused more on dancing and gymnastics. So um, I would say that's maybe a little vague, but I would say that, that um, look queens, uh, comedy queens, oh pageant queens, uh, the way that drag really kind of, I think, got a hold in the United States was through the pageant system. Um, I recently watched for a class the documentary The Queen, uh, which is, um, it predates, uh, Paris is Burning, and talks about, um, the historic, like, the historical, and in- well, wasn't even historical at the time, the influence of, uh, the pageant system on, uh, drag culture. Um. So that's
0: kind of the origin of drag,
1: at least in the United States? It that found its way into culture through... That's how it through. kind of got to where it is today, I suppose. Um...
0: When did drag become a thing in the United States? Like, when did it start blossoming in, into its own recognizable art form, Ooh. would you say? Because um, that guess... is the thing. It's so hard to define it because it's just so multifaceted. There's
1: so many different elements that are involved here. There are elements of drag back in, like, vaudeville culture. I should grab an American Studies notebook over there for one of my classes <laughs> and really... Give you the facts on this, but I would say there definitely were. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. grilling you with the history. Yeah. When was Jack founded? <laughs> yeah, parts of it in vaudeville <laughs> culture. There is. Um, the pageant system kind of brought it more into what we think of it today. Yeah. But. Um, Do you think Rue. Has Rue's show really kind of unified the art form? Would you say? Like um, there
0: used to be kind of a different, kind of loosely connected uh, well, from the mediums.
1: Pa- from the pageant system, there became the ball system in New York, which was m- focused much more on. Voguing and um, was more of a space for, uh, what's people voguing? Voguing it's a it's like a type of dance. Okay. Um, but um, but specifically a type of dance that people of color, performers of color in New York, uh, in the New York ball scene, really um, really um, helped flourish, and you can see that in like the documentary Paris is Burning, which is like the kind of um, hallmark drag documentary out there, Um, if I just watch it for multiple, multiple classes. It was on Netflix um, for a long time. Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning. I don't know if it still is or not. But um, if you were to watch, like, The Queen and then watch Paris is Burning and then watch Drag Race, I would say that's kind of the three, kind of three stepping stones for how drag has evolved into modern time. Um, That being said, I'm not a historian, so don't take that that for an absolute fact.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I guess let's let's just get to Rue, because Rue is really where you know that's my understanding of drag. My understanding of drag doesn't really go beyond Ru show. So, give a brief summary of Ru show. What's the basic setup of Ru show? Maybe that'll give the listeners a better idea of what well, RuPaul, drag or... racing really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: RuPaul's well, Drag. Well, um, the show is kind of a mixture between America's Got Talent, Project Runway, America's Next Top Model sometimes American Idol. Um, it just combines all like the different elements of not even being a good drag queen, per se, because um, what a drag queen I really like always says that being good at drag race doesn't mean you're good at drag, and being good at drag doesn't mean you're good at drag race. What, who's that? Alaska? Uh, I think it's Katya. Oh, it's Katya. either Katya or Trixie. Said it I'm fairly certain it's... Oh, I think it was Trixie who said that Trixie Mattel. Right, because there are um, a bunch.
0: You, you've told me that there's a bunch of really prominent queens that come mm-hmm. onto the show and they don't do that well, and mm-hmm. vice versa. There are some queens that do really well in the show, but that's kind of the the apex of their fame. They don't really have, have that much influence beyond it.
1: RuPaul's Drag Race is kind of cut in the model of RuPaul, I would say, where RuPaul was just like a media icon extraordinaire, and that's kind of the skills that Drag Race is testing you on, because. You could be the greatest dancer in the entire world, but if you can't do these acting challenges and these comedy challenges and kind of show you're a well-rounded kind of performer in the vein of Rue himself, then, um, ooh, pardon me, you're not going to do the best at Drag Race.
0: Right. So it it is like American Idol and dancing with the stars or these other shows and that it's a particular artistic medium and you have contestants going onto the show and they're competing, they're competing in a variety of different challenges and there's going to be one winner Mm -hmm. and there's a, what's the prize? There's money and like usually Um, like thousands of dollars worth
1: of cosmetics. A hundred thousand dollars. Um, your supply of cosmetics usually from a pretty great brand. I think it's, um, it's Anastasia right now, which is a nice expensive brand of makeup. Um, I think those are two of the two big um the prizes uh evolved kind of throughout the years but those are the two big uh things you get now so who's rupaul um well rupaul was um kind of came up in the atlanta drag scene he moved there from i want to say detroit but that might be wrong no no, no he moved there from somewhere in california um and he started doing kind of a like a punk aesthetic uh, singing in bands and stuff, and then moved to New... So he started out as a singer? Um, kind of as a singer, more just kind of like a gender fuckery performer, um, more in the punk aesthetic than what we would think of as Rue now being the glamazon of the world. Um, moved to New York in the... such a powerful
0: queen now. Yeah, <laughs> moved to
1: New, York <laughs> <laughs> to New York in the 80s, um, started hosting parties, um, the, um... Hosting
0: parties? Mm-hmm.
1: That's something drag queens still do is kind of being personalities at parties, being right. MCs. Um Suzanne Barge was a big party promoter in New York and um, would just get interesting, cool people to um, be at her parties, host the parties um, with her, and Rue, I did that for a while. She's
0: kind of a vibrant personality mm-hmm. that she still makes has, the
1: party lit. Yeah, Michelle Barge, not Michelle Barge, Suzanne Barge. Um, still does the parties and they're still a really big deal kind of throughout the country. Um, I think getting her confused with Michelle Visage, who was kind of Rue's right-hand man on the show. Oh, yeah, Michelle. One of the longtime judges. I like her. Yeah. So, um, Rue did... That's how they... Shout out Michelle Visage. Yeah, that's how Rue and Michelle met, if I'm not mistaken, was through doing uh, Suzanne Barge's parties. Um, And then Rue started to release his first album... Supermodel in 1990, oh god, I want to say 1992, mm. I could look that up real quick. You, you don't have to. Okay, let's just say 1992. Early right? 90s, to, Yeah. to the billions that are listening. 1990-something. Um, um, How would you characterize Rue's music?
0: Was it very political
1: in nature, would you say? Or? Not really. I, I haven't th- listened to any of it, so this is just pure... Conventure. Yeah, some of the newer stuff might be a little bit more political, but it was very dance heavy. Uh, yeah, like dancey disco. Uh, Supermodel was one of Kurt Cobain's favorite songs. The year it came out, I read. yeah,
0: maybe you told me that.
1: Yeah. Um, was that our first hit, Supermodel? Supermodel was yeah, and it. Um, then it got like a lot of mainstream attention, a lot of club attention. Ru performed on um, MTV Spring Break, which was a big big deal back then. Um, a big um event each year. Yeah. Um and from there Rue got the RuPaul show, which is a talk show in the late 90s, mid mid-late 90s with Michelle Visage as his co-host and it was um interviews and it was like skits and stuff. I've only seen clips of episodes on um, that is something I want to dig into someday. But that was that was kind of how Ru became a household name was through that. And then I think um, and what,
0: what was that show? It was just a talk show? It, it yeah, doesn't like have a, to do with
1: drag per se? It was Rue in drag. Oh it's um, Rue in Drag. Yeah. And in, it's interviewing people and doing like little skits and stuff. Um Rue was in a lot of movies. Uh God the first time I remember seeing Rue Paul was the Brady Bunch movie. He uh, was in the Brady Bunch movie? hmm He played Jan's uh, school counselor. But he killed it. Yeah. Dude, he was so awesome on Broad City mm-hmm. this past season. He's been on Broad City now. He was in um uh, to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Neymar. Um That Ru just kind of became like a—I don't want to use this word wrong—ubiquitous uh, like cultural icon just by yeah. being in a bunch of stuff at that point. And then um, RuPaul's Drag Race started in uh, 2009, 2000, somewhere between 2009 and 11. I really should have wrote down some information. <laughs> um, Fact checkers, yeah, get on it. <laughs> started on... It's been a decade. Yeah, yeah. And it started um kind of small. If you watch... I don't know if you've ever seen a season one episode with me. but Probably. um season one, the workroom, it just looked nothing like it did now. It was like a much lower, much, much lower production value. Yeah. People joke because it had such a... Um... Well,
0: the, the winner of season one came back for season 10. Yeah. What's B- the queen's name
1: again? B.B. Zahara Benet won season one and came back for All Stars 3, which... Uh, which was airing right before season ten.
0: Yeah, like BB or season eleven. God, what's, wait, dude, I, I have This is been... the one thing I should check. What season <laughs> are we on right now?
1: Yeah, check that. I haven't been keeping up with this season. Mm-hmm. Where are we in the season? Um, we're about about the halfway point, if not almost exactly at the halfway point. Um,
0: we should have created a draft this season, bro.
1: I know. I Benjamin
0: and I created a draft yeah. last season, and I thoroughly won.
1: Yeah, with no, my picks. You, I, the people I won, got out. Like, in a row, it was pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, it was not fantastic on my end. Um, yeah, they're on season 10, I thought so. Yeah, season 10. Um, yeah, so they've had 10 normal seasons and 3 seasons of All-Stars. And I think All-Stars 4 is casting right now, is what I've read on Reddit. And uh, season 11 is also casting or maybe about to start filming. So, so which elements...
0: We talked about how multifaceted drag is. Which elements of drag do you are you the most attracted to? Or do you uh, find yourself really respecting
1: when queens are able to hone that particular skill? Like, is it makeup? Is it lip singing? I used to be, like, um, I don't know. I, I On the show, I used to watch it and, like, would have, like, one favorite. But anymore, anymore when I watch, I just kind of, like, anyone who just does a good job. I was kind of rooting for everyone. I guess what I look for is someone with, like, a good attitude. Someone you can tell is having fun when they do it. Um, Bob the Drag Queen, winner of season 8. You can just tell love being there every oh, episode. Yeah, Bob. Um, anyone? I think
0: that, that's what I was thinking of before,
1: I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bob. Yeah. Um, anyone just looks like they're having fun. I, like, really... i I
0: feel like it's authenticity Mm -hmm. when a queen is really just she she's not doing it for the competition but she's really just expressing her true self and being uninhibited and free Mm -hmm. you can see that and you respect it Mm -hmm. but when a queen's not doing that and forcing things and getting like so caught up in the competition of it all Mm -hmm. it just you can just see it and it's just toxic that's why what was the one drag queen's name who made it to like the final round but then left out of her own accord
1: Oh Bend's Bendela ben Creme. Yeah, Bendela Creme. Yeah. Because
0: she was just tired with the drama of it all, right? Yeah,
1: I'm a huge Bendela fan and Same. everyone was always obviously so bummed when she left. But yeah. um Yeah, that's being good at drag race doesn't mean you're good at drag. Being good at drag doesn't mean you're good at drag race. It's just the competition element just isn't for everybody. Mm. That being said though, on the show it's just fun to watch people having fun and mm-hmm. bring that energy to the stage. I like anyone who um does really high concept campy looks.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that. One of the
1: first queens I really liked was Manila Luzon because I liked that her looks always told a story and a lot of the times it was kind of like a silly, fun, stupid story sometimes. She has some really great looks. She has one where she's um, her most famous one is her pineapple dress. I think you've seen that before. Yeah. She dress, dressed that. up as Big Bird one time. I saw it the oh, yeah, other yeah, day yeah. where she was dressed up as a hostess cupcake. Mm-hmm. Just that kind of bringing together like campy fun full concept outfits is something that always really excites me also i guess excites everyone now because another way drag has become more mainstream yeah. is instagram oh, and okay. there are, and there are queens who are famous just for being on instagram mm-hmm. um like well aquaria is a queen who's on this season started on instagram um wasn't the biggest aquaria fan at first this season But I was very much proven wrong. I think Aquaria is my pick to win right now. She's. I'm forgetting who Aquaria is. Who's Aquaria again? Um, Aquaria came out in the first episode wearing the red leather dress with like the bow. I think it had like a bow in the back and the black mohawkie type of.
0: Is she the one that has a doppelganger on the show?
1: Yeah, her and and Miss Cracker. Oh, yeah, her and Miss Cracker. Wait, wait, was I the Aquaria fan and you, you know liked Miss Cracker? You liked Aquaria and I liked Miss Cracker. Yeah, yeah. I was but now I you switched. No, I. You're now
0: your team Aquaria.
1: I really, really like Aquaria. I think her I looks are you. just cool. And as the show's kind of gone on, you can see her kind of loosening up a little bit. And she just kind of came off as a little aloof at first. But now you can, like, oh, that's just kind of like her sense of humor. Yeah. i very much appreciate aquaria i still really appreciate miss cracker i think she's she's still on the show yeah she's still on i think she's a fun fun performer
0: i remember they showed the a picture of miss cracker juxtaposed yeah. with aquaria and they look like the same person <laughs>
1: yeah their their makeup's their makeup's kind of similar um yes yeah, but also i guess yeah it's kind of similar she explained it on the show one time that she miss cracker kind of learned some of her makeup skills from aquaria from like a photo shoot that they had done together so it's kind of makes some query is the og well yeah but also that aquarius makeup's fantastic but it also is kind of in the same vein i think as um a lot of like kind of glamour queen looks that you see um it, it, it's, not it's a un- lot
0: more feminine
1: yeah it's not unoriginal by any means but i think it definitely exists in the same uh Vane is a lot of other really awesome makeup artists that you see doing drag. Um. See, when, when I first got into the show, that's what I thought the goal was. I
0: thought the goal was to look as feminine as possible. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that you achieve that, you're out competing the other queens that aren't achieving that as well. Mm-hmm. But that's just one potential goal. There, there are some queens that really try to be uh, fishy or more feminine. Mm-hmm. And they're good at that, but there are other queens that are really just going for, like, a weird, quirky, high-concept look. And, it, it, you know, obviously it's going to be feminine in some respect because they're dressing up as a girl. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily going to accord with, like, the ideal standards of feminine beauty in our culture. It might just be to, uh, you know, try to manifest whatever the vision they have for a weird concept. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, 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 that's one thing that I've come to realize. Like, it's a lot more open-ended mm-hmm. than I initially thought it was. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, but there still are some queens who are able just to look really feminine.
1: I know you're a big pheromone fan. Yeah, fe- <laughs> uh, Blair St. Clair this season was very fishy. I'm a huge Courtney Act fan. Um, she was kind of like the original super, super fishy queen on the show. She just won us celebrity big brother in a... England and that was kind of a big deal. Wow. Um, yeah, she's she's really cool. She does a lot of like activism, and um, she's very like well spoken and she's super super cool. I love Courtney Act.
0: One of my favorite high concept artists is Sasha Velour. Mm-hmm. That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, Sasha Valore, winner of season nine. Yeah, and that's what I agree with you. What you're just going back to what you're just saying, queens that really. Are, just have an expansive imagination mm-hmm. and you can tell that they just have these precise concepts mm-hmm. and, and they're, you know, they're good at dress designing, they're able to manifest these concepts. And Sasha Velours were just so intellectual and you could tell that mm-hmm. she had just put so much thought into these concepts. Like a lot of times when the queens are in the, the, the workroom or mm-hmm. whatever, they'll just kind of see what if, uh, clothes are available to them and mm-hmm. just kind of work from there. But with Sasha, you could tell that it didn't matter what was in the room. Like she had a concept and she was going to manifest it. Um, yeah, I guess the, I'm I I do respect more the high concept queens, mm-hmm. just because that I feel like is where you can really demonstrate your creativity and your vision.
1: Yeah, that's like that's what like yeah, what I'm really drawn to is the bring together looks into something that has like so many references. Like Sasha Valore had fashion references historical references the fun uses of color and shape and yeah I love Sasha valor really fantastic Instagram um, also another one who does a lot of activism and um, is very very smart and well spoken so let's talk a little bit about the
0: I, I guess you could say political element of it maybe mm-hmm. that's the wrong word but we've talked about the first kind of pillar that I mentioned at the beginning of why I'm attracted to it, just kind of the multifaceted nature of drag. Does drag pretty much solely select for people, or men in particular, that are homosexual? Or are there straight men who are involved in drag culture as well?
1: Um, The vast majority of it's gay men. Um, Trans women, though, um, had a very, very important part in um, drag culture and still do today. Um, there are some straight men, bi men who do drag, such as Disasterina, who was on the newest season of, um, Dragula, which is another type of drag competition show. Um, are
0: people in the drag community accepting of a straight man who wants to get in a drag or?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure, because at the end of the day, um, I think drag's just about having fun, playing dress up, expressing yourself in some way, and, um... From what I've seen, I think that the drag community is accepting of anyone who wants to do that for the most part. So what is this recent controversy
0: surrounding RuPaul? My understanding, so she initially said she wasn't going to let trans men onto the show, but well, that, then she kind of changed her tune?
1: There's been, um. well, there's been a few trans contestants in on Drag Race. So just to be clear, we're talking about biological men.
0: Mm-hmm. Who are getting? Who are becoming women?
1: Who are have either transitioned or in the transitionary phase, or just identify as women? Yes. Right. We're not
0: talking about a biological woman who's becoming a man and now wants mm-hmm. to compete in drag race. Yeah. Okay.
1: yeah. Um, the first trans contestant on the show was Sonique back in season two, and um, who didn't actively identify as trans on the show, but came out as a person who was undergoing transition at the reunion. There was um, Gia Gunn and Jiggly Caliente and Carmen Carrera who all came out as trans post-drag race and still do drag because um, I think another important distinction is that like trans is who people are but drag is what people do. So you can be like a woman and still do drag because drag in itself is more about performance and um, it, drag is a like a performance art.
0: Well I don't so I don't know what Rue's initial justification was when you when he said that but mm-hmm. you know one potential justification I can imagine and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with this but if you're a trans man and you know let's say you've fully transitioned you you might think that you have kind of a leg up in the competition just because you're you now you've already have these female characteristics b- built into you and that might enable you to uh, to perform in a more
1: convincing way. I think that's what Rue was kind of getting at. Because was that what he was getting at? Okay. I think that in his mind, maybe in a lot of people's minds, drag is that change from someone who looks like a man to someone who looks like a woman. And um, I think what Rue was saying was a large part <laughs> of Drag Race is that switch. And if and, you're already a woman, then you've kind of already done the switch. So Someone What's who would point? already have breasts or someone who is later on in the transition phase of Uh, transitioning to a trans woman. Because just biological women mm -hmm. aren't allowed to compete. Not... Well, I don't... There are uh, women out there who do drag. Um, They call it bio queens. Um, None of them have been cast on the show, uh, but, I mean, theoretically, I don't think there's any rule, per se, prohibiting it. But it's predominantly a male-dominated art form. Mm hmm Right. So I think was saying that um, having already had some like female characteristics would make the switch less of a change and in his mind uh being successful at drag race is successfully competing that visual shift um which makes sense i guess in some ways but also in other ways like we talked about earlier drag doesn't mean
0: it's not just becoming as feminine as possible
1: yeah if if they that was true then Courtney Act would have won, and Pheromone would have won. Right, right. None of it, none of it. Any biological you
0: know, man who yeah. t- just has feminine characteristics naturally mm-hmm. is going to have a leg up, but they did, they don't in the competition necessarily.
1: So Ru came out and apologized because a lot of people were really upset because historically trans women have had a very, very important impact on the um, on drag history and drag culture today, and I um, think Ru came out and apologized and. I formally recognized that. Um, I don't think Rue's transphobic, um, but I think that Rue... No. I, don't... I mean, if
0: that, if that was the justification that we just mm-hmm. talked about, I can see, like like I said, I can see that as a legitimate justification. I don't necessarily agree with it, but mm-hmm. if she was kind of reasoning from that position, mm-hmm. there's nothing transphobic about that. She just wants She's just trying to think about what this art form is and trying to do it justice. And yeah. just knowing Rue from watching her mm-hmm. on the show... It's clear that she's not transphobic. Quite to the contrary, she's done so much mm-hmm. for the LGBT community in terms of uh, just again allowing them to manifest their true selves and giving them kind of a safe space, a corner of the culture that they weren't previously able to occupy. Right. And
1: drag, and uh, Drag Race isn't the um, isn't the comprehensive end all be all of drag. Drag Race right. is drag race. So. Um, yeah it was um,
0: Right but it's elevated the art form
1: Yeah it elevated the art form um, But there's just so many other types of drag And other types of successful drag That drag race isn't most I don't want to say welcoming to But um, there's say just some, so much more out there So I don't know if What are some of the other types of drag Outside of drag race So like if I, if I were to go to just a, um,
0: so, Some drag performance uh,
1: On my own Outside of drag race What would that look like well, there might be some queens who don't have the look, per se. It's not as polished, but do much focus much more on comedy, and someone like that would have a harder time getting cast on Drag Race. Or um, if you went to a show where like a bio queen was performing, it could be fantastic, maybe not the best suited for Drag Race. So I think Rue was kind of talking about the queens he sees suited for Drag Race, because drag race is just a facet of drag but because to so many people drag ra- drag race is drag because of how much it's elevated the culture and yeah. in the into mainstream culture it was um pretty exclusionary and i think there is quite a bit of truth to that and ru definitely came out and apologized and said of course we'd have trans contestants on the show right. uh, my comments were just kind of um worded poorly and not as accepting as they should have been so I think the apology was good. Um,
0: Isn't it? Is it a slippery slope, though? I mean, if, if she's going to allow trans men on the show, then shouldn't she allow bio queens as well? Would you say
1: or no? Um, I think There's as long difference. as I think, I think part of the statement was actually any queen out there who is talented has a place on repulse Drag Race. So, I if if it's a trans queen, if it's a bio queen, um, I think the fans just want to see anyone who has something fun and joyful and entertaining to bring to the show
0: when i tell people that i'm into drag Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends are really surprised Mm -hmm. um and i'm surprised that they're surprised because to me i just i don't understand the the shock that a lot of my friends have from when i tell them that i'm passionate about uh drag culture And that you've kind of instilled this passion within me. It seems like just such an awesome art form from my perspective, for all the reasons that we've talked about. Why do you think there is this kind of uh, stigma, I guess, against it? Like, do you think that that kind of exists? I mean, as we've talked
1: about, it's becoming more mainstream. I think with each year, it's going to become less and less of like a shock for people being being on a mainstream cable network now, but also... I saw, um, for Wrinkle in Time, the Disney movie that just came out, they, um, had queens doing Instagram campaigns for them. Like, like Disney, like one of the most major companies in the world had drag queens doing promotional work for them. And you've seen drag queens on red carpets and performed with Miley Cyrus at the, um, VMAs, I think? Yep. Um, they're just becoming a vogue of fashion magazines now do tons and tons of videos and, photo shoots with uh, drag queens i think it's just becoming much more mainstream and it's only going to continue that way do you think
0: there need to be some elements that serve to kind of like unify the art form so like i said i I kind of view drag as analogous to ufc Mm -hmm. you know ufc uh, ufc is just a combination of so many different fighting techniques Mm -hmm. and as i said at the beginning Drag Race is a combination of so many different artistic mediums, but I do have a fear that it's so multifaceted and kind of uh, loosely connected that it doesn't have like a stable foundation. Mm -hmm. And I worry that that might be a problem for the art form moving forward because, you know, the multifaceted component is great, but there needs to be some kind of foundation uniting it. And I'm not seeing that foundation. I worry that that could end up being the detriment
1: of the art form, even though right now that's a, a positive. Does that make sense? I'd say Drag Race right now is probably kind of the base of it, and it's only expanding outwards from there. So people might watch Drag Race and become interested in the art form and go to their local bars and see local their local drag queens doing uh, stuff that maybe they didn't understand or um, might not um, have been on the show. Um and then like things like Drag Race because Drag Race isn't I mean the most family friendly thing but it is showing a much more palatable type of drag but it's kind of spun off into Dragula which is a show that I <laughs> talked about earlier that the Boulet brothers host on YouTube where it focuses more on horror drag and drag inspired by kind of like that goth horror aesthetic um, hmm. and that's so narrower narrower in scope than Mm -hmm. RuPaul's. And much more kind of boundary pushing in a lot of ways. Um, A lot of queens, like Alaska, who you've seen on the show, her, um... What? I fuck with Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alaska's cool. (laughs) Um, Poor Drag Race, her her work used to be much more um, kind of on the edge. She has a video online of her getting peed on while singing um oh my god i think it's i think it's singing i will always love you but don't that might not be the song that she's singing but um and it's a
0: it's an artistic performance i'm guessing it's not a porn video no it's it's, it's (laughs) for the the people who like golden showers or whatever it's called yeah
1: Yeah, so drag it would be a porn video for those people though yeah Drag is just pushes boundaries and... Um, yeah, that's what buttons. I love about it, man. Mm-hmm. I
0: love that it pushes boundaries. That is what it is the fundamental thing.
1: And drag can be political. There's a lot of drag queens who yeah. use their art to... Um, like the Vixen on the season was talking about how she uses drag to talk about um, racial politics in her work. And Sasha Velour yeah. does a lot with... Um, does a lot kind of in similar veins in her work. Um,
0: and you see that on the show, too. You, you have a lot of uh, queens struggling with identity issues and Mm -hmm. they're sharing that with each other on the show as they're competing and you have scenes that are very intimate and Mm -hmm. very profound just from that point of view
1: in itself like doing drag i think is a political act yeah that's not an original idea someone has also said that on the show but um well like i said at the beginning that's one of the
0: things that attracts mm -hmm. me about it it's not just an art form Mm -hmm. it it really is kind of a Mm -hmm. political thing yeah um, who do you got to win this season?
1: <laughs> um, my top three are, um, Eureka O'Hara, who you probably remember from, the, the queen who came back. Kind of obese. Yeah. Southern queen. Yeah. 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 No, Eureka. Eureka's been killing it this season. Uh, really good looks. Really great performer. High self-esteem. hmm Yeah. Just confidence for days. Confidence that we all wish we should have. She's really yeah. fantastic. She's very unique. She's got. A, she's really rocking the whole southern vibe. Yeah, she's just herself. She's not ashamed of her body, and um, she's super cool. I really like Eureka. I think she's going to be top three. I think Asia O'Hara is going to be top three. I love Asia. Such a talented performer.
0: Can you describe Asia again? Sorry, it's been a while since I've
1: Asia is um, a pageant queen from Texas. She does pageants, but. Um, incredible performer really really fantastic looks um really she's another one who you can just tell is having fun on stage um she just brings like a lot of joy to the stage and it's really fun to watch and then i think aquaria aquaria is i think going to round out the top three and also is probably my choice to uh win the season because aquaria really um really shown a lot this season and i think it's changed a lot of people's minds who may not have had a Great opinion of her at the beginning. Aquarius really great. How many queens are left in the season at this point? God, uh, seven maybe. So it's gonna be someone's going home. Oh, tonight actually, someone's going home tonight. Someone's going home next. Oh yeah, week. today's Thursday. Mm-hmm. V- VH1 Thursdays. Seven p.m. No, That's eight p.m. At 8 p.m. eight p.m. Yeah. I always think it's nine, but it's it's eight. Um, this is also cool. They now all the episodes are long. They're all an hour and a half episodes. Oh really? Mm-hmm. And then they also do in Tucked Afterwards, uh, which is the behind the scenes after show. Yeah. Uh, so Drag Race is now um, a two-hour event every week, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. To anyone listening, I really recommend watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, seriously, it it really is just a combination. Like think about um, American Idol, Jersey Shore, like and. <laughs> All these different TV shows, like combined in a sense, just because again there's so many um, components to it. Do you remember who I picked to win it when we were uh, when I came when I visited in March and we were watching it? I think it must. Have, I think it was Aquaria. I think was you, it Aquaria. You, I know I like Aqu- Aquaria. You I really like...
1: really liked Aquaria. Yeah. Um, yeah I think that's you said, and I've very much come around. Maybe you're just better at picking these things than I am. <laughs> I would love to be a guest
0: judge on the show, man. Yeah, I love
1: it. They've had some cool guest judges this I, season.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing about the
1: show. They have uh, famous guest judges that will come on each time to... They had Shania Twain this season. Um, yeah. Right before she said her... Con- like, I think the day of her saying yeah. her controversial Trump comment. Um, they've had Abby and Alana from Broad City are going to be on. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've done it yet, unless I'm totally blanking. They may be tonight, even. mm mm-hmm. um, Tonight's gonna be a um it's like share the unauthorized musical. So they're Ooh. doing like a history of like share and share songs. Yeah. So again, they they have pumps. so many different activities each uh, episode that last week was Snatch Game, which is like one of the, the drag race staples where they had to the oh, yeah, impersonate a yeah. celebrity and Yeah, instra- describe that. Describe okay. game. It's um what's based on Match Game, which is a game show from the late sixties to the seventies. Yeah. It's had a few it's had at least two iterations. Um, where they would have uh, B list E celebrities come on the show, and they would, um, someone would ask a question like, Hungry Hannah. B listers don't want any part of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hungry Hannah's so hungry she blanks. And the. Oh, God, I don't even know how to explain the weird complexity of this, but one of the contestants would say. She eats a hamburger. Hungry <clears throat> Hannah's so hungry, she eats a hamburger. Yeah. And then the, they would try to match it to what the celebrities on the panel would say. But the show devolved into some weird comedy thing where it was just celebrities kind of saying wacky things. Right. And it's transit, and Ruth transitioned that into Snatch Game, where the contestants have to come on and... Um, impersonate celebrities. Impersonate a celebrity. But it's tricky because you could have the greatest... Uh, I don't know... Oh trying to think of someone who hasn't been on, you you can have like the greatest Katy Perry, uh, impression in the entire world, but that doesn't mean it's going to be funny. So you have to kind of balance a good impression with kind of a quick wit in the vein of that character, which, and and it's about
0: self-recognition. You have to know who you're apt to play. Like Mm -hmm. who would I be good at impersonating?
1: Yeah, it, it there it's there been so many, and there are some awkward hit and misses. Like last week, um, Aquaria won doing Melania Trump, which is kind of maybe kind of an odd choice because you don't think of Melania as like the as out there character. But Aquaria recognized a few funny qualities that she could take on. Yeah. and
0: and Aquaria you know, is a, as a queen, she's mm-hmm. a she's a blonde
1: woman. She yeah, she's a Aquaria's my she age. She bears a likeness to Ivana Trump as a queen. She looks like she looks a little bit like Ivanka Trump. Yeah. Or um Melania Trump. And um God Oh Melania you said. Yeah, she was. I almost. was thinking of Vanka. No, she was Melania. Oh, okay. Do you know is my age? Yeah. She was born in nineteen ninety six. Really? That's a weird thing about reality T V now is watching it and being like, Oh, these people are my age. Dude,
0: I have the same experience when I'm watching NBA basketball.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like this dude, you
0: know, is just dunking over people mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, wow and they're like, This kid's nineteen, I'm like, I'm four years his elder. I know. Like, what the
1: hell? What am I doing with my life? Probably <laughs> watching reality TV, and like, someone will like throw a tantrum, and it'll be like, oh, like, oh, uh, you know. Mm. And then it's like, oh my God, no, they're my age. Like, if I was, I would probably also be throwing a tantrum, and like, uh, yeah, they're just on TV. Yeah, they're just on TV. It just still boggles my mind that these are people who are like my age. Cause no, I, I don't I know. feel that old.
0: I've had that experience more and more lately. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about that. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird experience.
1: I don't feel like an adult yet, but all signs point to that being the case.
0: Yeah. Um, what else do I want to ask? Oh, yeah. I want to touch upon... I just wanted to mention, at the end of each show, they have this lip-sync battle. And this mm-hmm. is an addition to the Snatch Games. Well, this is even more. This is every episode. This is a staple mm-hmm. of the show. So each episode culminates with the queens. You know, they have instructions... To design some dress and perform in that dress,
1: like, under some, like, loosely connected theme or whatnot. They usually do, like, a main challenge, which is acting or comedy or something. Then they have a theme that they have to... embody. ...do on the runway. Right. So, like, last week was mermaid eleganza. So they had to dress up as mermaids, for example. And they have creative room within that theme to kind of Mm -hmm. manifest it whatever way they see fit. Before they get on the show, they get a list of, like, 12 different types of looks to bring... And not all of them are and not all of them are used, but so they kind of they bring it from home and they can kind of modify it at the show if they need to. So, but they they kind of like know what may be going to happen each week.
0: Right. So then they do the mm-hmm. final challenge and the judges will weigh in, and then the bottom two for each week will have to lip sing for their lives. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have to explain lip singing. It's, yeah. it's just a song, and, and you're not actually singing, but you're pretending to sing. And so what? They've gotten a track of songs at the beginning of the season, and they have to memorize other songs, and if they find themselves in the position where they're in the bottom two, it could be any one of the songs from that track that they've been given, and Mm -hmm. they're expected to have memorized the words at this point, and then they have to perform Mm -hmm. and lip-sync for their lives, and the one that gives the better performance is the one that stays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just think that's really, <laughs> I just think that's really cool because when I was in middle school, we had this thing called the air band, which was, you I showed
1: si- me, you showed me a video. Of this. Oh yeah. I showed you thing. a video. Yeah.
0: That. Yeah. It was, it's just a lip singing challenge and mm-hmm. it was really fun and it was really unique. And I didn't realize that, uh, other people did this. I thought it was like unique to my middle school, yeah. but, um, on RuPaul's you, you can actually recognize it as a kind of art form almost, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, like lip singing itself is a kind
1: of art form. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the vast majority of drag queens, um there are obviously exceptions, but the vast majority of drag queens, how they make their money is going to nightclubs and doing lip sync performances. And they'll people will hand them tips while they're performing on stage. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the the thing that if you can, even if you did bad that week, if you can show RuPaul that you're a lip singer in, in the idea that lip syncing is one of the cornerstones of drag, then... You can stay on the show for another week.
0: Yeah, oh. I think it's, I think it's interesting because um, I, t- I took a philosophy of art class a couple of semesters ago, and one view of art is that art is really just representation. You know, mm-hmm. what, what you're doing when you're engaging in art form is you're representing reality or truth in a certain manner. And lip seeing is really a, a meta form of art, like it's it's, it's meta. Met, it's you're representing an art form which is itself a kind of representation. Mm-hmm. You know um so i just think that's interesting you can really view it as its own kind of like meta
1: art form (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it it takes a lot that it's acting it can be it's usually acting and dancing and um but it also can include gymnastics there's Mm -hmm. a lot of queens who do like can do backflips and uh, cartwheels and death drops that's a big one on stage um it, it also includes embodying the song sometimes. Sometimes it's not who can do better tricks on stage.
0: But who's selling it.
1: Yeah, there's a funny episode I should show you. It's from season four. And it's um, they have this scene, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, by Aretha Franklin, I want to say. I'm 99% certain that's Aretha. And one of the queens stands still the entire time and just really sells the song in her face. And yeah. the other one... Is doing like weird ballet. Some stuff of the queens think the like the more
0: movement, the more mm-hmm.
1: be- the better it is, but it's not the case. Yeah. It's really just about embodying the song and selling the song in the way that you, how you interpret it, but also like how I don't yeah know, it should be interpreted to a degree. Do
0: you remember what's the queen from last season that you loved? Mm. The new queen. Oh, Valentina. Valentina, remember when Valentina was this. So she was on last season, and she was a relatively newcomer. She had only been doing drag for like ten months prior to her arrival yeah, on the show. For
1: ten months. Yeah,
0: so it was very new to her, but she was killing it, and Benjamin loved her, and she was cool, and, and uh, she. So she was lip singing for her life in one of the episodes, and she didn't know the words. So, uh, as a part of her costume, she had on something covering her mouth.
1: Right, it was like, it was like a, the theme was club kids. Yeah. Another interesting facet of drag, uh, the club kids. Um, but she, um, yeah, she had, like, a mask on. And she didn't know the words, so she just refused to take the mask
0: off. And they're like, yo, take the mask off, you have to lip-sing. And she just went. I'd
1: like to keep it on, please. (laughs) uh,
0: Did did you get your Valentina poster? um, Did you say
1: you got a poster? Oh, I have a signed, I have a signed picture, because I got a t-shirt and a, um, signed, uh, signed, uh, God, why can't I think of this word? Signed photograph. Um, yeah. God, I I don't, I don't know where it is, though, because I've, Sort of started packing up my room. But I do have a Valentina picture over there on my bulletin board, I think. And I have my Valentina shirt in my closet. And um, this week's DragCon, actually. Tomorrow's DragCon. Tomorrow's DragCon? Mm-hmm. Where's DragCon? Um, they do one in L.A. Tomorrow's in L.A., but they've also been... I think last year was the first one in New York. And um, they were dra- Valentina was posting her merch that she's going to be selling there. Just some cool pins. I kind of want to try to order one.
0: Are all the most prominent queens present at DragCon?
1: A lot of them are. Um, I think in the past they used to coordinate DragCon with the finale of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So they could get as much, like, Drag Race royalty there as possible. Um, it's not this year, um, but they had a lot of the big names come. It's a big chance for, like, meeting fans, but also selling merchandise. Um, they do panels, so... Really interesting panels, actually, Um, from everything about, like, the current political climate to um, facets of drag, like makeup, wigs, to just more queer entertainment, general stuff. Um, So so here's one
0: question I have. Do you think that drag's reach extends beyond the LGBT community? Or do you think that most people that are into drag race are... Members of the LGBTQ community. Because I mean, so I myself, as you know, I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. but I'm extremely into drag race. Do you mm-hmm. think that there are a lot of people like me, or do you think I'm kind of a rarity, at least at this point?
1: I think it's definitely shifting, and right now I think that, um, well, I definitely I think the base is gay men, or queer people in general, um, and then there's, there's always been quite a few, quite a few, a lot of uh, a... <laughs> Straight women who are fans of the show, but now I'm in one of tra- your best friends. Right? Um,
0: h- who? One of your best? Didn't you say one of your best friends is from New York and she's like really she knows oh, a lot of drag queens. Paris. Um, yeah, yeah, Paris. Yeah, yeah,
1: she, in New York. She um through work. Yo, shout out to Paris. Yeah, through work, she's met a lot of cool drag queens. Um, yeah, she, uh, she works in the fashion industry. Um, but I think it's definitely changing. Just now, it's just become so out there. Like uh, friends here who don't even really know that much about drag know the drag race exists because it's on your instagram it's on television commercials right it's it's kind of become it's on people's radar now even if they're not
0: into it like they're they're aware of it
1: almost everyone who i've seen the show really loves it because it is just about creativity and uh it is having fun and dressing up which i think is something that and just
0: expressing your true self Mm -hmm. man yeah. That's what art is, it's just being authentic, and this is, you know, it really embodies, like, authenticity.
1: That's mm-hmm. um, yeah, weird that, like, kind of changing everything about how you look and who you are, Yeah, at the end of the day, it just comes down to you being, like, authentic, which is neat and cool.
0: And those are the kinds of art that are like, again, just kind of tying back to the beginning, art that isn't constrained by rules. Mm-hmm. That's why I like free verse poetry, and, and, and just the opportunity to be boundless you know because in order to be authentic you really have to have the possibility of being boundless I feel like mm-hmm. um all right i think that was pretty good
1: yeah do you think so
0: anything else you want to say or Ooh, is there anything anything any other drag thing that you want to throw out there at the top of your head
1: um i think we covered a good amount right do you think so yeah i don't know how much do you usually like the cover on your podcasts
0: uh i don't know they vary thus far from like uh, half an hour to two hours so yeah um
1: yeah watch the show a lot of watch the show even when it's not please like i read a a reviewer online said one time like even when drag race isn't doing its best it's still better than 99 percent of the shows on television so
0: and it's getting better Mm-hmm. and it's getting better and it really is a combination of every great reality TV show that you've ever seen it's better than American Idol in my book better than Survivor i think it might be my most it might be my favorite reality TV show that i've watched honestly
1: it's definitely mine i'm a big real housewives fan but oh yeah, yeah <laughs> you got um, me into that show too i love real housewives <laughs> Yeah, um, that can be fun too yeah, drag race is definitely up there um, thursdays VH1 Thursdays at eight on VH1. Eight o'clock. Season ten is going to be wrapping up in the next few weeks, but they've been churning them out quicker than they have in the past. Um, So, All Stars four and season eleven will be right around the corner.
0: Drag Race is on the come up, Mm y'all. All right, Benjamin. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's do this again sometime soon.
1: Yeah.